Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite Queen's Practical Wisdoms in Sales podcast. I'm Amanda, your host of today's show, and I'm here with our co-founders, Lynn and Tina. Today, we'll be discussing how persistence pays off. What is a reasonable expectation for a sales cycle, and how does that play into persistence to close a sale? Tina, what would you say? Thanks, Amanda. There's a, a concept that a prospect or a potential customer needs to hear an advertised message seven times before they take action. It, in the days, it was called the rule of seven, and the, the idea behind that concept uh, concept was repetition. I'm sure there's some science to it, um, but it was created back when we had fewer channels of communication. Today, with thousands of media exposures via network and cable TV, online and offline, outdoor, our omni-channel environment makes it really difficult to to cut through the noise. From a sales standpoint, it's absolutely about staying focused and intentionally communicating your message uh, to your prospective client via channels uh, through which they want to be communicated with. Um, And if, in fact, repetition of a message is key to bearing some sort of a resolution or closing a sale, uh, then the more reason to be focused on using the right channels of communication. Uh, So that persistence is, is your as you're going through a sales cycle, it can be a one and done where you're just selling a, a widget and that just needs to get sold, or it could be a longer term sale where you're looking at at taking years to close, for instance, selling a, a magazine. If you're going to be producing a magazine, those contracts run three to five years and it's a really long sales cycle. So being sure that you're communicating uh, and, and connecting with your prospective client in in the manner in the ways in which they want to communicate um, I think is is key for extending that uh, whatever that sales cycle may be Lynn what do you think about that okay yeah you know what I absolutely agree I like the you know clarifying that one and done versus the years <laughs> yeah. long sales cycle um, and it's in that the omni-channel approach, I think that there's so much to be said with this because many organizations, I think also you need to step back here, many organizations capture sales cycle data as part of their best practices. And it, what's a reasonable expectation really can be a loaded question. I think it's completely dependent upon the industry and uh, typical client organizational structure. So this is, you know, where we talk about that the length of the cycle. Certainly public entities, they're gonna, their organizational structure requires a potentially much longer sales cycle. And, and of course, it's always specific to the type of product or service that you sell. And I'm sure, Tina, that you would, you know, you're right there with me when I'm talking about this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and if your organization um, does not have this kind of data, this, this sales data of what's, sort of normal, you know, what's the norm, Um, then a reasonable expectation is entirely based on your management's desires or or even your own. Uh, There's no basis in fact or figures. So I I think that when we talk about this, no matter what the average sales cycle is in your industry um, with your circumstances, your persistence is going to play a key role to eventually close a sale. Mm-hmm. I mean, your 
prospective clients, they are, to Tina's point, they're surrounded by noise. <laughs> um, and they may feel like they have a giant target on their back. You know, I've gone to conferences where literally people are like, they, they don't want to tell you what they do. It's like they're trying to hide. And yet they're there to learn something and to, to, to quote unquote network, right? So I think the key here is positive persistence. It's an effective tactic to break through the noise and gain attention. And that's what Tina had just said, to intentionally communicate. And to gain that traction, you need to acquire your prospects' respect and perceived value um, by delivering pertinent information. Uh, the, the acquisition process achieved through this type of um, intentional persist persistence to, to take some of Tina's uh, fire there, it, it plays a strategic role to close the sale. I mean, Tina, I know that you have a lot of thoughts around this. What would you like to add? I think that, that the, the expectation of that sales cycle is it's important to get that information up front as well when you're talking, when you're first engaging. What is, what is the time frame? It's not always about us from a sales perspective, although we like to think it is that we need to make that sale. But it's, it's also what, what is our clients or our prospects, what are their expectations for, for how, that, how that cycle looks? When are they looking to make a decision? How soon are they looking to make a change? What do they need to know in order to make it? So these are all questions that I think helps the, to, to create that expectation, a reasonable expectation, and to be aware of the client or the prospect's time frame and, and their, their goals and expectations. Lynn, would you like to add anything to that? I mean, I absolutely think it's that it, it's that's dead on, and it, all of these okay. things do absolutely play um, into the the persistence that mm -hmm. intentionally communicating on a regular basis. Um, to your point, you know, like, whether it's seven steps, if it's twelve, if what's the magic number, you know, to mm -hmm. get that the sale closed. Yeah, good point. Thank you both. I like this concept of intentional communication. How do you ensure that you're adding value and not becoming a nuisance? Lynn, how would you answer this? Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> I, I've got two things. And I think one is relevance. And I think the other one is timing. Um, to be relevant, you have to appeal to your buyer's motivation. Um, that means understanding what your client's needs and how you're going to meet that need. And I think Tina was talking about that when we were answering the, the previous question, you know, thinking about the sub, subtext of how your product or service solves a problem um, and achieves a desired outcome or delivers an important benefit to your customer. You need to find meaningful ways you can connect with your prospect that meet the criteria for relevance, you know, whether it's sharing an article um, a white paper, you know, a blog post, um, uh, a, a, a topic that's going to be had at a, a conference, an industry conference, uh, a link to emerging trend data. You know, I mean, the list goes on and on. And I, I think in addition, when we talk about this, you know, and the timing, it, it's to, you have to make the time 
to continue to develop your relationship on a personal level. So I, I know that, you know, obviously business is business, personal is personal, but there are a lot of ways that you can do that. You can send a birthday card, you can send a, a brief note um, that could be have a, you know, a, a nice, clever cartoon with a happy Friday um, to cheer, you know, just to make somebody smile, right? Um, there are endless possibilities that you can pursue while you deliver this relevance while building a deeper connection. And Tina, I know you're going to have a lot to add to that, but the, the last part with the second part was mine was timing. And, and that's about balance. And we just talked, we've been talking about the noise and how the barrage of communications will impact your client. Daily emails, no matter how relevant, rapidly become noise. I mean, almost instantaneously. And Tina made this point. It's not about your wishes or your needs or your goals. This is all about the client. This is all about what their needs are, what their goals are, what their motivations are. And the one thing you can do often is be where your clients are. So that means if they're attending um, industry, luncheons, uh, conferences, forums, get involved in those, join those, be present. Be present so that you just at least have a conversation to say how they're doing. Be genuinely interested in what's happening in your life. You're not trying to make a sale. You're not trying to close the sale. You're trying to have that frequency of contact um, because you're, you're going to become part of that peer group um, to build recognition and to build the relationships. And Tina, you are the queen of building relationships. So what... <laughs> Tina, uh, I, I guess the football is now yours. <laughs> okay. So, Lynn, I think that you, you and I have a very similar approach, in, which is why I, I, I think we've, we've bonded so well over the years. We have a similar approach in, in, the, in the way that we, we respect and in, in our, in our approach to sales. So back to my original point, we, it is a responsibility. We in sales have a responsibility to represent our product or service. Uh, in a way and in the way in which a customer, a prospective customer can find value. That can be value in time savings, value in cost savings, value in efficiencies. And it is so important to listen to the feedback provided by that prospective customer. Whether it's a consistent silence, that tells you something, or a definitive no, or a possible maybe at another time, it is important to hear the subtleties in their messaging back to you. It's very important, in my opinion, that we not communicate exactly the same message to your point, Lynn, where you copy and paste and send over the same message over and over and over again. As clearly, you're not thinking of them. It's all about you making sure that you're, you're making your X number of emails per day, whatever quota you put on yourself or your company's put on you. So as long as the information is relevant and timely, back to your point, Lynn, and, and as long as you haven't heard a definite no, then consciously determine when, when enough is enough. Um, to, to Lynn's point, to be present at, at meetings that are the industry meetings, to be bringing good information forward that could be helpful to the, your prospective client. Those are things that are adding value. 
I don't think you're a nuisance as long it unless the unless the client or prospect says, "Hey, stop, stop badgering me." Um, I, I and unless they they and, and if that were to happen, then clearly you weren't listening because it never would have gotten to that point. So you must must listen to uh, finding that that relativity in in bringing the value of your product or service to to your client. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lynn, I'd like to ask you first, what are some suggestions for staying focused and not giving up on a prospect? Start thinking like the customer. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. That's the easiest thing to do. Um, be <laughs> mindful and respectful of their time. You know, ask yourself if you're adding to the noise or, or if you're actually fulfilling a specific or particular need that they have. When your objective is to develop a meaningful, long-term relationship, it's much easier to maintain your focus. And I, I think it gives you perspective. So that's, Tina, I know you've got a lot to add on this. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, I, I agree with you, Lynn. It's staying focused. Believe in your product or service. If you don't have a belief in it, you're sure not going to be able to, to hang in there and, and make sure that you're providing good information back and being able to communicate that to, to your prospect. Listen, but don't be afraid to have a hard stop on your messaging. You know, at some points, there's, there's some times where it's that the timing isn't right. They're not ready right now. And again, if you have that conversation and you know what their sales cycle time is, you know what their, what their process is, you can work within that. There's a current talk on, I think it's become popular over the last couple of years, about sending a breakup email, right? Something along the lines of clearly the timing isn't right and let's circle back uh, in the near future to continue our conversation. If I can be of assistance to you prior to that, et cetera. I, you know, I look forward to, to hearing from you. Even if that is the case and you sent that out and they say, oh, thank you so much because really things have changed and we weren't ready to make a decision. My gosh, at least you were being respectful and acknowledged that you heard them one way or another. And that doesn't mean that you stop corresponding with them. Send them something per pertinent information to them along the way. Stay in touch. If you develop a relationship for the future, these building the relationships, it's not about what can you do for me right this minute? And if you're not going to do anything for me, then I'm going to move down the road. I'm going to go talk to somebody else. That's a different type of sales process. And Lynn and I weren't brought up in that. I don't know that Lynn and I know how to do that. Uh, because once once we've, we've developed a relationship or once we started that conversation, we know eventually something is going to materialize out of that, whether it be being introduced to, to another client that, that we may end up doing business with, or maybe they'll be at a different, these, the individuals that we're starting with may end up having a position down the road, but it, you're building for the future. And it's, it's so important to, to cherish that and to treat people with respect. Yeah, absolutely. It, it really comes down to having that genuine curiosity. Tina, I know you've talked about that mm -hmm. a lot. And uh, I don't think you ever really give up on a prospect unless they just tell you flat out, no way, no how, I never want to hear from you ever again, you know, type of thing. I, I think that there's definitely times that you need to refocus your attention on things that are more likely 
to be moving forward. But that doesn't mean that you discontinue contact with that original person. It's, it is an investment. It's a long-term investment. And just people change positions, um, organizations change. There's so many things that can happen along the journey. And mm-hmm. it's about making that, that connection and, and fostering that and nurturing that on a long-term. So, I mean, that's really where I think both Tina, you and I are at when we think about mm-hmm. this. Agreed. We have one last question and it comes from Madison in Fairfax, South Carolina. Madison asks, I'm struggling to find fresh ideas that will have resonance with my prospects to maintain contact. What am I missing? Tina, how can you help Madison? Madison, I think your question falls right in line with what Lynn and I have been talking with through this podcast. It's how do you, how do we stay relevant and how do we keep providing new information? You know, again, take away the focus of your product or service and think about what your prospective customer may be looking for. There are different motivations for working with people. Are you providing value in the information that you're providing to them? Are you cultivating information on their competition or like services to keep them informed and help them to make a, um, a, a solid decision? Are you reading about their industry and finding articles that may be relevant for them? While it seems an easy concept, not everyone takes the eye out of communicating about a product or service. It's not all about about us. It's really about that client. And that's what Lynn and I have been, been promoting here through throughout this podcast. Give thought as to how the recipient is going to find your communication. The line becomes very clear when you give consideration to what others may be looking for and not so much about the information you want to give to them. What are they looking for? What would be helpful to them? Lynn, what do you think about that? Absolutely. I mean, we're in full agreement here. I think for some practical tips, for some new ideas, I mean, and if you've already done this, then great. But definitely what's happening in the industry, uh, the industry that you're in, the industry that your clients are in. That's the first place I would start. And if you haven't done that, set your Google preferences to specific topics and interests so that they come into your email. Within any given week, there are many um, articles that are going to be relevant on the driest of topics. (laughs) So, um, and it's actually really fast to scan through them. You can scan through them within 15 minutes tops and the ones that are, you know, that really seem to have some like, oh, wow, this would be perfect to send to XYZ. You know, another thing that I do, I personally will look at what kind of subjects are going to be covered at uh, upcoming industry conferences because those are like the trending topics and, you know, uh, that, and once again, you know, fit it to your client and what are their motivations, what are their needs um, so that you can really, what's going to match up that you can, that you can add for them. You know, if you do attend the conferences, I think it's really great that if, when you can um, download like the presentations and you can take advantage of that to share it with your clients Uh, because many conferences will allow you to download the materials afterwards and then you can share them. Like I I attended this session. I thought it was very informative and would be useful for you. Here's the presentation, you know, because that's like something that can click through very quickly and will appreciate that you're thinking of them. Uh, I think that 
planning and assembling a contact calendar. <laughs> I, if you guys don't know by now, <laughs> I, yeah, here it is, the planning part, right. Lynn, the planner. The to-do list, yeah. here we go. But, but having that idea of when you're going to contact them, how you're going to contact them, mixing up the methods of contact, um, and when you're going to reach out. You know, I this is a great way to actually get a group of salespeople, you know, you're in, in you're the people you work with in a room and brainstorm, white, whiteboard it, because you guys can share ideas. Uh, you can try new approaches that you hadn't really thought of before. Um, you know, to be honest, ask your clients, what did they, what are they looking for? What do they need? You know, what would be helpful to them? So those are all uh, suggestions that I have for you, Madison. Uh, Tina, am I am I on topic here? Did I get sidetracked uh -huh. with my my planning? <laughs> well, I I was I knew I knew there had to be a to do list in there somewhere, Lynn. I just knew it. But you're right. I plan things out, and there was I, I think that the one of the strongest things that we can do when it comes to to communicating is to ask. There's no problem in asking what type of information would be helpful for you. What are your challenges? Yeah, you know, there there used to be a, a you know what keeps you up at night. I think that was another approach. What was that, Lynn? Fifteen plus years ago, it, it, that we used to you know when you're talking with someone for the first time, well, what keeps you up at night? Yeah, uh, it seems a little mundane now, but, but those are the types of things. It's getting into their mindset and where they are in their career, and not just about this one product or service that you're thinking about. You're you're looking at the longer term, and and that's how we stay relevant. Yeah, absolutely. And it also makes it so much more interesting, doesn't it? <laughs> to, to to know that you're actually helping someone. I. I and, and, and creating a great relationship, it makes it so much more fun. Yeah, you're becoming a resource. Yes. You're becoming a resource and someone that they can call up and say, I, you know, I, I just have this crazy question or I don't really know where to even look for it. Do you have any suggestions? And that mm -hmm. that's because you're becoming a partner and you're a resource. So absolutely. Uh, I think we've got some great ideas here, Madison. So I hope that will help you. Thank you so much, Tina and Lynn, for your advice. Madison, I hope that this has been helpful to you, and I hope that it helps anyone who's listening who may be facing similar struggles. We want to thank all of our members and guests who joined us for today's podcast. Next week will be another terrific dialogue at Petite to Queen. If you have a question or would like to suggest topics for discussion, please email us at jointheconversation at petitequeen.com.